0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the War Room. Ryan, right here, as always. And today, my guest is Ed Lattimore, former boxer, current stoic. Is that the right word? Uh, <laughs> purveyor of the red pill, potentially. Uh, Mr. Lattimore, it is wonderful to get you on. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. Just got back from a good run and try to get a workout in every day. Um, pretty it usually works out that way so <laughs> it's nice uh then got back got my coffee and then now sitting ready to have a great conversation man. all
0: right well let's let's start with boxing because i was looking at um you retired back in or your last fight at least i guess you're officially retired is back in t- 2016 and- yeah
1: so oh yeah I was, oh. I was gonna say yeah so so that was yeah it was like december 16th or some mm-hmm. 2016 and i actually i took the year off to finish up work on my degree Mm -hmm. and and did that and came back and was getting ready for a fight in 2018 didn't fight didn't do anything in the gym in 2017. uh recovery was going really well training was going great then i got hurt during practice but at that point uh my life had changed dramatically dramatically and i said you know uh let me go go take advantage of this this opportunity and this these positions and then and then I you know I, I toyed with the idea of coming back back and forth back and forth and now I'm like life is life is too good man I'm, I'm not really it's, so,
0: it's, there's two names that's and, and for if you're not in the boxing world you don't know this but boxrick dot com is where you can go find people's records and who they fought and so there's two names yeah it's,
1: it's impossible
0: to fake it <laughs> you know <laughs> so, so if,
1: if anyone tells you they they fought pro you just type in, man. It'll be box wreck right there. Yeah.
0: So I used to manage some fighters back in the day. Or I say back in the day. is more recent than your fighting career. Uh, but two names stuck out to me. Um, One, you fought kind of a – if you're a hardcore MMA fan and boxing fan. Um,
1: oh, uh, Travis. Travis.
0: Travis Fulton. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You fought Travis Fulton. Uh, but I saw that. I was like, good grief. Um so, yeah, man,
1: he's he's a road warrior. He
0: came up. Uh,
1: if I remember this correctly, he was like, we had two guys because fighting sucks, man. You always got to have a backup, and because because the guy you want to fight, it will you know will find any reason, especially at the lower level, when you have another backup, whatever. And it happens all the time, even at the higher levels. Uh, where it'll get at least not like you know until you get to like title fights. Uh, they'll sub somebody, you if they can. And there were two guys we had, neither of them could make it. And Travis was like, I'm i he was like, I'm in the air or something like that. And he took the fight. Yeah. And that was cool, man.
0: And <laughs> the other mm-hmm. one, I, I didn't recognize, um I didn't recognize the name until I was looking around at it. You fought Tommy Morrison's son. Yeah, man, that was that was it. a
1: loss, man. That was that was a hell of an experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool guy. So I, I, I still talk to him to this day.
0: So, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. So, when I was managing fighters, I had, um, I think one boxer, maybe two backup MMA guys, and they were trying to put on a show and they were wanting to get Tommy Morrison's son on there. So, this has been after you had fought him. Um, that's how much
1: which, which one he's got two fighting.
0: This would have been the one that you were fighting, okay? The same guy, and they're trying to get him on a show, but they, you know, he doesn't go by Morrison, he has this weird name,
1: Trey Lippi. Trey Lippi, yeah,
0: yeah, they, so they, they try to, and so they, they called me up, like, hey. We need a heavyweight to fight. Uh, uh, this guy is Tommy Morrison's son, and you know, and they they were really trying to pick. Really, I mean, you know, in boxing, for people who don't know, um, you know, when you start out, if you're what they call kind of an a side fighter, like they're really trying to match you up, or make sure that you get your Ws. But in this case, it was really extreme because at this (laughs) point, at this point, he had had. A lot of you know he'd been pretty successful. They were still really trying to find this almost. So how did you get mixed up with him? I'm curious because you have a really good record. So I- so here's
1: how you know here's how it happened, man. Um, and and it's funny you say that because then you know I have just to, to put a caveat out there. You know when you, when you got guys over 200 pounds throwing leather, uh, all you gonna need is a good shot to put them down. I mean he he, he gave me what a, what a great great well, shot and i was like just not going to and it was too early for me to recover right. in and around so I mean kudos to him i'd say I, I take absolutely nothing away i mean it was it was a good it was like really the best thing that happened to me losing that fight mm-hmm. uh but in terms of how i got involved so so behind the scenes uh is you know uh there are there are agreements and different promoters have different you know uh television dates and a, a tv date is like gold in the boxing promotion world mm-hmm. good, even now now that that's changing a, a little because we had streaming services now and the guys any any promoter worth his soul with a little bit of cash and savvy is investing in a streaming structure so he can kind of be not decentralized but uh even, but even still, you know, TV dates are gold because most people associate, you know, Showtime when HBO was doing it. HBO, mm-hmm. I think there are fights still on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dazzin technically are TV dates, even though they're streaming. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think who else is showing fights. Uh, Showtime, somebody else is showing fights, it'll come to me. Oh, okay. Triller, Triller was the, the okay. thing, yeah. Um, uh, but, but point is, you know, when, when you get on those those cards, that's a big deal because now the network is putting money in and their money's coming from advertisers and subscriptions, as opposed to when you're fighting on a small card in a in a house, uh, you, your gate is pretty much the people who sold right. the tickets. That would rather mm-hmm. your revenue. If you can get some sponsorships, even better. But but you know, that's why your fight fighters don't make that much money. All right. So so now we got we got that set. Uh, I, I guess I, at that point in time I was being managed by Rock Nation, and they had uh, some deal with the people who were who's running Morrison's folks, and I and I, I can see the guy in my head. I can't think of his name, who his manager was, and everything. But he was being manned, but he was being trained by Roach, and I guess they looked at my lot my fight prior to that against the uh, Juan Good. That was a rough fight. I mean, I got I got knocked around pretty badly. Uh, if I was in another city, maybe I lose that fight or it's a draw. But uh, they said, "Yeah, we can probably beat this guy." So they they took their shot. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a, if, I, if I was in their position, I would have done the exact same thing, because here I am. I'm not now. I'm not improving, and I've got a good record and everything. But but if, if you're a good coach, you can see my weaknesses. And he had Freddie Roach, one of the best, who looked mm. to, probably took one look at right. the tape and said, "We can probably beat this guy." Uh, mm-hmm. So they they did it, and, I, and it was it was a good decision, uh, clearly on their part. But that's how I got hooked up with that fight. And my contract guys owed me a fight uh, um. at that level because I had been with them for a year. So it was just like. Uh it was, a, it was a perfect kind of clash of storms. My manager said we can turn this because it wasn't, you know, nothing in boxing is above water, as the old saying goes. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. As
1: the old saying goes, the only thing squaring boxing is the ring, right? The <laughs> uh I actually took less money than I'm supposed to make uh for that fight because they promoted it as this this showtime deal, and I had a minimum for a showtime fight. And they were like, uh, well, this it was an interesting case because Morrison's got a name and they wanted to like kind of co promote, so they actually had I think it was four fights on TV as opposed to three. Because mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't know is when you see a fight on TV, you're seeing the, the tip of the spear, mm-hmm. they've, they've been fighting all, day. all night, all night, yeah, all, all night. Yeah, so I've seen it all day in some
0: cases, yeah, all day. Yeah, they, they, right.
1: they've been putting cards on because whenever you get the commissioner in one place because the commissioners got to beat over the fight yeah. you want to take as advantage of that and get as many fights on as you can it's just not feasible mm-hmm. to put them all on television mm-hmm. so you know that that's how that happened and and it was I mean I I, I had a great experience getting to see kind of the Beast and, and really learning about it from that end uh the the business side of boxing is, is way more interesting to me than the fighting side because because effectively uh which what you're asking guys to do a lot of times is is everybody is trying to be smarter than the other guy mm-hmm. and what i what I mean by that is no one, no one goes into a fight after a certain point thinking they'll lose it's it, at the very least your fighter never your, your any fighter worth it is so even if he's a journeyman doesn't go into a fight thinking he'll lose. I had a buddy just this week, Johnny Rice, I uh, was fighting. Uh, I can't even remember the guy's first name, but his last name is Coffee, spelled C O F F I E. And and Rice is a journeyman. His record was 13-6-1 going in there. Coffee wasn't up or an or a 12 and an A-sider at 12-0, and and he knocked him out in the fifth round. That's not what's supposed to happen. It's on a balance of probabilities. These guys are trying to develop their A-side fighters, like you said. Uh, but, but it's fun every now and then someone to make a mistake. And I, I put it up on, on, on my, my Instagram, uh, well, my Instagram, on my Facebook and on my Twitter. Uh, I, I took one look at that fight and I said, I, I messaged Johnny. I said, Johnny, you're going to win the fight. How I bet than this one? <laughs> <laughs> Let me put that some money on it. Yeah, because, because I'm looking and I'm like, and I'm like, how the hell did they think putting this guy against you was a good idea? And he had what he told me. I don't know how familiar you are with the game. Uh, I'll just, you know, say a name and then you'll you'll know it or you won't. But but either way, the point is he had another opponent, Gerald Washington. He was supposed to fight him and mm-hmm. Gerald tested for COVID. So they needed to get a guy and that's why I said they can interchange guys. Mm-hmm. And so they went, okay, who's comparable? And I've mm-hmm. been watching, been watching Johnny improve uh, just through what he shows and talking to him and I said, man, you, you're going to beat this kid. Uh, and, and he did. So that's, that's, but that's not what's supposed to happen. Because, right. th- because that now that's that's kind of a that's, that's kind of an odd situation for the promoter, right? Uh your, your up and coming guy just got knocked out. When that happened to me, they cut my ass, they got rid of me immediately, right? So it's matter yes, yeah. out of guy and but you also got this other guy with a record of what 14, 6, and 1. You can't promote that that, exactly. right? Right? Yeah. Because because those six losses, if he's any, if he's a decent journeyman, no those six losses are against like legit guys. So, so what are we gonna do? We're, we're not gonna give him a title shot. We're not gonna we're not gonna sign him because what are we gonna do with a guy that's fourteen and six? Right. But at the same time, uh, we know not. We we now know kind of you know, when we when we go to pitch a fight to a guy, it gets harder for us to go. All right, Johnny's a good test. He's a good test for a guy that's maybe nineteen and zero. But now Johnny's gonna cost more money because mm-hmm. he's nineteen and zero. As right. opposed to he he was a good test for a twelve 0 guy. Now we know that's wrong. He's too good, <laughs> and he was cheap. He was cheap at twelve 0 Now he's going to be even more expensive at nineteen.
0: 0 Oh, it's funny because uh, we'll, we'll maybe unpack the a little bit here for people who are listening. You know, in, in boxing, you see these guys when when they get to about twenty, depending on the, the division, but twenty to twenty three and O, some of that range. That's when they start fighting other guys who are kind of twenty and 0 and they other they're champions or they're fighting for championships. Um, so I was at a showbox card. I had one of my guys on there and to your point they had like I don't know nine or ten fights on the card yeah. uh, Devin Haney was the headliner okay. and so I was sitting next to uh I got a picture somewhere with uh with a senior uh Floyd senior uh Floyd Mayweather's dad and um all those guys and he hit his crew and it was Kate <laughs> ring ringside but you know I think Haney and two other fights were um were actually uh, on on the showtime but they brought in a guy from South Africa and he was like twenty and 0 and he was kind of the champion for whatever organizations. And so they bring him in, but but even Haney's guys, that even though he was twenty and <laughs> they knew <laughs> they, they, they knew, knew. because they knew. The, that's the thing.
1: It, it, I, that's why, that, that's why the, 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 first of all, uh, one I had no idea. I got I got I got to jump jump back for a minute. I always just agree to do a show. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like my thing. It's a big big thing for me to to give back. Okay. And, and to just do these things, I had no clue that you were like a dude who knew the game. Uh No, no idea. So that's a that's a pleasant surprise. OK, <laughs> Uh so, so, you know, kind of what that said. And, and, and that, that probably stood out to you, too. You know, I'm, I'm 13 and 0 and, and he's 11 and 0. And, and that doesn't really happen anymore. And that was the big story around that fight. Uh, guys putting their records on the line that early mm-hmm. in their career. But that, that didn't really happen. But to but to your point, everybody thinks they're smarter than the other guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, but, but that, that's part of it. But there's also an incredible marketing engine. Uh, it's just the fighters don't really benefit from it. I, or maybe there's not that much money. Who knows? But, yeah, he's 20 and 0. But what we know that like they just look at the film and now there's film for everywhere. You know, back in the day, this was probably a bit more difficult to deal with. That's why they say the old school fighters were probably better. Because because your your freaking 20 and 0 back in the day was against 20, you don't know. I mean you all you gotta do is take somebody's word. Now now everybody wants to put the film out. We we can see, you know, did you did you improve your footwork, your punch is good, you know, what, what you don't, we, and guys talking out as a network. It's a stronger network. But that 20 and 0 guy from South Africa, we know he didn't fight anybody. Like they like hearing that. 20 and 0 from South South Africa, who who did he fight, right? Uh, and you look at that, and and box rec is funny. <laughs> box rec actually puts stars next to your. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have any stars on your nose 20, um, this is a good test for you. And, and that's and, and and from their perspective, that's great because what should happen is you you go below that guy. You got a 20 and 0 on your record. It looks nice. It's all marketing to to everyone else out there, but it looks good. And plus, it is kind of legit because that 20 and 0, what you have, is is. Is uh, um, right, you yeah, have confidence, that,
0: yeah. Right? So you can't, admit, it's not that's like two and oh, you know, I don't know Be amateur fights, I've got he pulled up right here. Um, and that's always amateur fights, but yeah, he's 28 and two now. Uh, so if you want to look it up, I cannot pronounce the gentleman's name, but Devin Haney fought on um, uh, January 11th of 19, and I thought it was a different time of the year, but anyway, January 11th of 19, uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's that card is the card I'm referring to. Oh, okay. um, so, so for anyone listening, they want to go look it up, go watch the fight or whatever. You can see me sitting there next to uh, Floyd, uh, Mayweather's crew and uh, Devin Haney's crew, I guess, in this case. And so it was. It was but a-
1: here, here's the cool thing, right? If, if that guy somehow wins, and, and and they write these things in all yeah. the time, if he wins, he will automatically be signed to that promotion. And now they got a 21 and 0 guy to mm-hmm. work with off the jump. They they didn't have to do any work building his record up. Mm-hmm. He just showed up. So so it's it's a really. fun engine you know in the end uh the fighter is the one who is kind of the bottom of the barrel in it but it's interesting to learn and see how that works I really I'm a big fan of of the Logan brothers and what they're kind of doing to disrupt things because if any if any fighters and promoters are looking at this with a shred of intelligence and not just kind of Mm
0: -hmm.
1: preemptively judging they're going okay get the platform getting the distribution because because fighters don't understand this. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever had this discussion with a fighter. Uh, they oh, understand uh, that the, the, the oh, reason uh. why you're not getting more money is because here's the thing. The venue holds a thousand people. We sold uh we sold 90% of those tickets. And and seventy percent of those were general mission at thirty percent. We gotta cover the insurance. We gotta Mm -hmm. cover your opponent in case you want to you want a killer. Right. We gotta cover your opponent. We gotta get him here. We gotta put him in a hotel. We gotta cover the ring. We gotta pay the doctors. Right. And then and then just maybe just maybe, I the promoter won't have to come out of my own pocket, (laughs) to cover it.
0: And, and here's the other thing. And, and so I stopped managing fighters at the beginning of 2020. I've, I've thought about getting back into it, not the point of this discussion today. But I would have to tell them, guys, I'm not trying to be rude. No one cares. Here's the thing. No <laughs> one cares. Like, when you go there to fight, no one cares. Okay? You might bring in, you know, 50 or 100 people. That's your crew. Yeah,
1: if you, That's- you bring in 100 people, you're,
0: you're a rock star. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you, know, you gotta you got. You got to pump it up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But okay, if you bring in 100 people, you a rock star. See, so maybe, but you probably, right, you probably bring in one table, two tables, 10, 20 people, right? Okay, no one cares. And if you go to these regional fights, what you'll see is um, by the time the main event gets there, unless the main event is a really a star, the crowd's gone.
1: Yep. Are they so drunk that you don't, that the sober people are gone?
0: <laughs> well, because they came to see the guy who was third fight of the night, the fight that's early on, or the sixth fight of the night, or, or whatever, and so they saw that, and and you know, I, you know, and so it's tried. This is what interests me about you was that you were the boxer, and now you're kind of in the in the business world, the brand world, the stoic stuff, and you kind of got all this stuff. It's like this is interesting because dealing with fighters is tough because a fighters are damaged goods a lot of times because they've been. Yep. Oh, treated.
1: dude, you you man. That's so why I said what well, well, uh, I I cannot tell you how awesome this conversation is already. But like because you, you know mm-hmm. you you know exactly. I mm-hmm. actually because I'm working on this article right now because everyone asked me because it's it's a common question and yeah and you 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 you'll understand it. You haven't even broached it, but but uh regular people always ask why I quit fighting. I only have one loss, and I'm like. Because I make, like, 20K a month on the internet. (laughs) That's why. It's pretty much why. Like, I could go fight, but, like, uh, it's a hard life. It's a hard life, and it's it's an unforgiving, miserable, thankless Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And if you get into fighting, I say this all the time, at least in the United States, Mm -hmm. if you get into fighting, if you're athletic enough to do something and really go somewhere great, then then I got to ask why you're not on a gridiron on the basketball court or if your white guy in a hockey brink or a baseball diamond. I got to ask what happened. And usually it's because you was breaking the law. <laughs>
0: you know th- th- that. So that's, you know, my, my son, you know, we're actually going to the UFC. We were, we are uh, driving down to Houston uh, this afternoon to go to the UFC this weekend. And my kids love watching the fights. And they always ask me, um, you know, about a fighter and you know, this, that, and the other, Nope. um, especially when I was managing the fighters and stuff. And, um, you know, and I always tell us the guys, you know, we got understand that a lot of these guys, and I'm not trying to be judgmental here, they just came from rough backgrounds, and this was their way out. And you see oh. that. And boxing is even 10x more because boxing, uh, for those who don't know, a little inside baseball here, boxing gyms is like 25 bucks a month to go work out in, whereas MMA is like 125 So, Shit, bo- actually, I'll,
1: I'll do you one better. When I first started fighting in the first three years of my career, I fought at a mm-hmm. community gym. It, yeah. was, it was fun to buy a grant. I didn't pay right. a thing.
0: Right. So boxing attracts um, poor people. Who are looking for something, and, and and they come in here and they kind of have a little structure. If you've seen the movie, uh, not the movie, the show The Wire, I always have The Wire at the end, right?
1: But with, with the guy from prison who sets up the that's uh, right. box gym, that's
0: yep. right. And you kind of see that struggle, and that's probably a lot more real than people want to admit. Um, and so, anyways, um, yeah, it, it, and you know, I've, I've been in locker rooms after guys have lost, and they lose on a, on a regional card, and the devastation is is hard for people to understand because. If you know the game, you realize even in MMA where you can have losses, it's tough because the UFC ain't calling you anytime soon. Now you're at least a year, two years out. You're working maybe two jobs to support your your what I'm calling a habit because it's not a professional career. You're getting paid. You're not getting. You're not Dude, getting paid.
1: You are. Know? You were putting this in better words. I'm actually yeah. Like you were putting this in better words than I ever could have. Man, this is this is really because because I have my perspective, mm-hmm. and and my perspective is that of a fighter. Mm-hmm. And, and I had, a, I had a, my career, unbelievable fortune, amateur mm-hmm. and professional. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't as hard as it could be. It was still miserable. It mm-hmm. wasn't as hard as it could be. Right. But and, and and I'm smart enough. I recognize that I needed to set myself up to do something else. But but there's I, I call it the, the fighter's graveyard.
0: Mm-hmm. Most
1: guys ain't like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, when they lead a game, they're not going to a better, freer, healthier life, you know
0: no it, yeah and so it's 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 tough because um you have people who come from a kind of maybe maybe a rough background or they're just trying to find an outlet um and this isn't you know these are just generalities um uh, and then they go and they go and they chase this dream and the dream is actually achievable on some level right because if you can beat that man in front of you you know then, then, then that's just one step closer um but to your point it's it, about the, the paul brothers I, I i don't i'm not a fan of the paul brothers per se but I think maybe they're going to open up the fighters to realize that people care about the Paul brothers, right? Right. Now, the, Paul, the Paul brothers, to be clear, they cannot run a, um, a consistent, um, organization because they don't have enough fighters in their stable, you know, they don't, but, but they can put on two to three fights a year, sell a pay-per-view and then put out 600 YouTube videos between then. And, and it make works. A, right.
1: I do that. I tell, I, I say people all the time, if, if I really wanted to, like, if I really wanted to do this, right? If I if I, if I woke up tomorrow and said, you know what, fuck is wrong with you? and I can fight, I'm gonna go go do this. Go. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have to fight good guys anymore. <laughs> but, like like I don't I don't know if I, I I I could like look at myself in the mirror and do this. But but what my following, all I would you know every now and then, they you will know, pump it up, f- find me some good old trash cans like are okay. some are some are some paper tigers, you know, guys with those records like. 15 and 15 and three but but all 15 of the wins were against guys with with no no wins or something right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. put that on get, get the distribution myself go out there probably easily make probably 50 60 thousand dollars just on selling mm-hmm. selling the infrastructure myself and break even
0: but that's because i built because they care about me but you people care about you that's the difference that's the difference and that's hard it's not and, and this is the thing that most people don't have the talent of the Paul brothers. So it's not saying that you can turn on the YouTube camera and things are going to work out for you, but you do have to start to build an audience, get people to care about you and getting people to care about you means that you have to, and this is kind of a weird thing is what I want to talk to you about is, is you have to talk about things that get people to care. Right. And so just saying that, you know, if you turn on skip Bayless or uh, Shannon sharp, you know, they are saying things because they're trying to find What does Ed care about? And let me poke him on that, whether we get him to love us or to hate us. Um, Now that's very sensationalized. So how do you have you gone about transitioning to a career that's built on people caring about you, right? So in boxing, you want people to care. It's kind of hard to get them to care because you're a fighter and they got a lot of things going on and you're not fighting on the the headlines all the time, but now your career is people have to care. Um, How do you do that without being overly sensational, um, but but sticking true to your principles?
1: Uh, Yeah. So, so you got to understand I, I really stumbled into this when you when you look at it that way uh i i was just like you know what i want to write i've got a, a particular way of, of communicating i think i'm good at breaking things down and understanding them let me let me put this to the internet and that's always been kind of my dream I, i've always been a big fan of blogs the idea fascinated me that i could just bypass the mainstream and exist on the internet. I had no idea that like everybody would be on the internet one day. (laughs) And so like in in many ways, my reach is greater than, you know, than than a lot of people who write, right. right? But they, they don't, I I say all the time, they, they, they really don't care about me. They care about how I can help them. And from there, they come to care about me. So I guess to answer your question, what I'm always trying to do is help. Very little of my stuff is inflammatory because I I, I just don't want one. When you go down that route, you have to become inflammatory. There's no way to separate the two. And I'm I'm just not interested in that, that stress because I can feel that and I can feel how out of peace that makes me. So I try to be at peace and I try to, to not be an inflammatory presence. I try to be a helpful presence. The my, my website is is bunch of stuff. I mean, you read to my website. I mean, I, I teach you uh you, you'll you'll get a bunch of game about how to improve yourself. And I'm always trying to add that in different aspects and different areas and the ways that I think and the way I was ways that I've improved myself. Uh it it really just so happens that people care about getting better, <laughs> you know. People, people care about my my perspective on things and 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 I, you know I, I want to call myself this this branding genius but the reality is I'm just a guy who who recognize that that I have a thing to say and people care about it and, and then then you, know, you be prolific you put stuff out there and, and it ends up working out. A lot of people are too afraid that to, not now also I don't, I don't want to make it sound like anybody can just hop on and, right. and do what I do. Uh, you you got to remember, man, I got I got a life. I'm 36 now. One of the things I said about being 36 is I've been an adult more than half my life now. Right. That That's kind of significant. Right. right. Uh, then, you know, I've got the experiences of, of doing a very difficult or a few difficult things. I mean, I think I think three of the most challenging aspects of my life, you know, to do one or two is enough. But to have three. And in, in one person. Uh, and, and that's arguable. There's maybe four or five or six. You know, we got the, the professional fighting. That gives me a perspective. Right. Uh, I got going back to school as an adult and getting a degree in physics, not a slouch degree. Man, that, that's a real talk. Like I was in there. I couldn't phone that one in. Right. right? right. No papers. I had to solve problems, uh, <laughs> you know, getting getting sober and staying that way and, and talking right. about it and breaking down experience and where I grew up. I grew up in 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 public housing, man. At risk Mm -hmm. kids, single mom, all that. Like, all of this comes together, and and I'm always trying to pull ideas from it, and I'm always trying to get better. You know, it's not just enough to be here. And because I have that background, plus this brain that is very good at thank goodness, you know, wherever it came from. Uh, this this brain is very good at at taking the essence of of a thing and seeing a problem and then breaking it down. It's good, and then you know I'm lucky too. I was born during, uh, I was born as a millennial. I, I still contend that even better than Gen Z, uh, the millennials have a distinct advantage on the internet because because we we have one foot in a world where none of this shit existed. I mean, and none of it like. <laughs> I mean, you got, got legit memories of like not having GPS, not yeah. having texting, not having yeah. social media, not even having the internet. Forget about wireless internet and smartphones, right. not even having it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then it comes along and then these devices show up. So so a lot of us were building a real legitimate life as opposed to trying to just show out for the for the for social media. And it just so happens that some of us did some hard things and, and people take and find a lot of interest in that and they go I want to be like that guy I want to follow what he says. Uh, I, I liken it to uh, a lot of these guys who come out of the Navy SEALs make brands of themselves. I don't think any let's put it like this. If you go into the Navy SEALs thinking you know this is going to be cool I'm going to be the next you know Lee and or Jocko Willink right yeah you can get your ass huh? yeah like you, you won't make it right right. So a lot of us had really pure motivations, and then it just so happens there was a world after that, and and I I am very much the one with that. Like when I started fighting, I mean, it wasn't, when nobody was, no one was streaming fights. Uh, you, there wasn't even really, I mean, there was some YouTube, but not really. I, it was a thing I wanted to do, man. I needed to, I needed to develop myself, and I, I think I chose the hardest school to do it, and I'm really happy I did
0: oh yeah you, you think about the boxing world and you touched on it earlier um it so boxing is probably probably on some level more corrupt today but also less corrupt because <laughs> you,
1: know,
0: <laughs> well, you know, go think about it. back in the 70s you know if you want to bring in a guy to fight ed and you want an ed's a side well then when you call this trainer you're saying listen Ed's my head guy <laughs> who you send me I need to know. I need to and, know,
1: right? You know, you you want to talk about how corrupt things used to be? I watched um this is good this documentary. Uh, I think it's it's either about Marvin Hagler specifically, or about the you know I call him the Fantastic Four: Leonard, Duran, or Hearns, and, and Hagler, who all fought in the seventies and eighties. And they were talking about uh, how how Hagler was like. I mean, he I guess he was like 30 something old before they gave him a title shot and the only reason why they gave him a title shot is I guess his his coach or his trainer had some type of connection and was like look here something ain't right here and I'm gonna get get like a Senate hearing uh, or I'll bring bring a senator to like look into this my guy can't get a shot and they're like oh, all right whatever let's you know, let's give him a shot uh but the, that's how corrupt things used to be. No, know. Now, know. now, nowadays, they just they just make ranking systems <laughs> with, and come up with a new new alphabet system that the poor people win.
0: So you talk about getting people to you know help them improve and, you know, going through the boxing. Um, obviously, I think some people kind of have an idea of what you go through, but they really only see the you know, the end product, right? What's in the ring, the fight's in the ring. And they don't realize, you know, it's Tuesday morning and you got to go to the gym and get, oh. you got to go jump rope. Um, But that does resonate with people today. Why is it that you think that we are in a, in 2021, Um, aside from COVID, you can say the same thing about 2019, um, you know, we're in the most prosperous time in the history of uh, humanity, um, especially for the U.S., uh, but even globally, the global GDP. It's, it's, all, oh, it's
1: a great, it's a great time in the world.
0: And yet people... Are struggling to figure out their meaning, um, you know how to improve themselves. Um, what is it? What's going on from your perspective?
1: Um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson touches on this idea. I took, took some of it from him, but uh, he says, you know, it, that we need, you know, responsibility has meaning, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's part of it. And we we have really kind of alleviated responsibility, but but another big part of it is, is I really believe that that humans. Find their meaning through through challenges, through difficulty, and and that and that's, that's interesting because they're overcoming challenge and making it through difficulty, mm-hmm. and and that sounds when when you think about that and just look at what our driving motivations are. Uh, very few people, as evidenced by the state of humanity, uh, very few people choose the hard way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in times before, the hard way was thrust upon you. you. You you didn't really have a choice to, but, but to do things the difficult way. And that's in everything from your physicality. You know, most gods work in factories or some kind of job mm-hmm. where they needed to be strong. And we needed, you know, our women to assume a certain role as well. And then... Are uh, like socially like like you had to like go make friends and ask a and out as opposed to sliding <laughs> the DMs, or even food choice, man. What no? I mean, this. I think about how easy it is to go get go get food that is processed and packed with nutrients now. Now the bigger issue is restraint. Very few people. I, I will even go as far as to say none, and then get let who wants to push back. No one in any developed nation has undernutrition as a problem, <laughs> right? right? Like, like, like no, and I no one's starving. Their issue is everyone's fat, right? So that is all a result of us having getting the choice. We get to choose, and so most of us choose the path of least resistance because that's what that's what organisms do, uh, and that, and it's been enabled by technology. We didn't always have that enabling. So, so now, you know, you, you, you have to choose difficulty and that is very against human nature. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I mean, I think about that. That's why you have to train yourself, for example, to go to the gym. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, like, say, oh man, that running two miles a day feels great. Uh Nah, man, that shit sucks Sometimes I want to just, I I don't even drink I just want to like lay in the bed and (laughs) chill. But I know that If I don't push myself that way It's going going to suck Uh My life is not going to be good I know I won't have, have many, you know It's like building what I've known my writing I've got to create content And a lot of times creating the content is not just sit down, come up, whatever I'm inspired by. No, it's a work I have. Sometimes I got to take a workman like approach and do research and make sure what I say is good. But what that does, that makes me smarter. And that puts something out into the world that turns me into a producer. The big thing I'm doing now, languages and chess, uh, I have to put real effort into learning another language. Now, here's what I figured out traveling. You don't need to know spanish hey <laughs> yo if you just want to go do the tourist thing right. you be right. yeah you, you don't need no you don't need no portuguese you don't need no friends nothing you'd be, you be good but but your life takes on so much more meaning and you get so much more out of it when you do not only do you push yourself and see what you can do up here but you get to connect with people socially it opens up so many more avenues and that adds meaning but those are difficult things at the very least they're not nearly as enjoyable as sitting on your couch binging the next, the latest Netflix show, you know, and that's what most people are doing today. And, and no one suggests a new book to me, if, or I want to say no one, because because I've, I've done very good at curating, but everyone will tell me the newest show I need to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i see it all the time on facebook ran out of stuff to watch on that somehow ran out of stuff to watch and need need a new show and i'm like right. how is this even possible how about you tell me like, <laughs> how about you tell me that like your pr for your, your one minute mile is max you can't get any fast you need some help like somebody but you never hear those things because that's difficult and, that's- and we and we want the and you know the thing we we want the outcome of a difficult life like mm-hmm. like I, I will I will say this I can say this and it's not a particularly arrogant statement I think it's I think it's accurate and probably underplaying it a little bit uh-huh. most people would not mind to live my life I, I don't I'm not like some crazy rich dude I have a lot more money than most people uh, but but I had to work to accomplish that I'm not a crazy bodybuilder I'm not like like ripped or whatever. But but I'm in much better shape than the average thirty six year old, probably the average human in general. Uh-huh. Uh, but but I, I've got a stable relationship of like, oh shit, man, she's been around nine years now, or something like that, right? Uh, uh-huh. but but that that's that's not easy in the sense that oh we just fell together. No, you work through problems. Things come up. You don't run at the first sign of difficulty. You actually you know embrace it and go okay, how do we how do we um. Maintain the good parts because every every relationship is good when it's good. No, no one has no, no one's having a great time with someone who goes. You know what? This sucks, right? right. Uh, by definition, it's when things getting bad that you go, "Okay, I'm gonna leave." But what I've done is what I try to do is I go, "Okay, what's important is how we disagree. We figure out a strategy. You deal with the uncomfortable stuff. You get used to ripping the band aids off. That kind of deal." So, so you know, I say I I have to say. The problem is we don't have enough but we we, we, we've got to choose and almost no one chooses difficulty
0: so how do you balance i think i think you're on something there so um first off i'm 36 and you are definitely in better shape than me so you've got that (laughs) (laughs) but um but you know so i've been married be 15 years in october got four kids uh that's
1: excellent man congrats
0: thank you but but your point that's not easy right it's not like it's not like that's a yeah,
1: but but thing and you know what what you're gonna have when you're 55 because my goal is to start when i'm 40 uh i've I more or less decided that's when i'll do it because i'll be a 60 year old man when they're 20 uh when when, when the first one is 20 whatever and uh and, and that's not particular like I, I i see 60 year olds and that's not old right, yeah, right. but uh my, my point is like what you have is when you get old you, you're gonna have people around you Mm-hmm. When, when you when you've lost pretty much almost all ability to attract new people around you, you're going to have a big, old old you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people a our, and our age, brack who are going to be like, oh, right. shit. I mean, you can't undo that one.
0: That's right. Well, the thing I think about when you when you tell that is and I've talked about this some before. I don't think on this podcast is um, so right now we are talking about going to Mars right on this one way trip. So we're going to, we we keep telling people that we're going to send someone to Mars and it's, you know, it might be a one-way trip. I suspect that day will never come for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Um, But the main reason is, is because the explorers of old, whatever you want to think about some of the stuff they did, they believed that the reward was worth the risk. Crossing the ocean, going, going to this unknown land going through all the problems that you're going to have at sea, where you're going to be, you know, potentially get storms and pirates and you're landing on a foreign nation. You don't know what's going to be there. They believe that the re- reward was worth the risk in modern society today. There's not a lot of reward and risk, right? It's because you, to your point, if you want to eat, you want to kind of stay um, above board. That's I'm not talking about being rich, but just above board. That's not exactly the hardest thing to do. Um, and so if you really want to go after something, You have to risk, and then you have to believe that there's a reward there. And a lot of people don't get that concept. They don't connect those two things. And so um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. um, There is – I always say that, you know, you got to have some impetuous – your life has to be uncomfortable in some way, shape, or form and not only has it been be uncomfortable you can't get used to that com- discomfort and i see i i know people they, get, they 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 turn their necessity into a virtue and they love being mediocre or they tell themselves that cuz cuz that's a lot that's a lot easier than raising yourself a love or two whether it be are making enough money to get a nice place, mm-hmm. or, or getting yourself, and you know, and having some discipline about what you eat, and some control, and you know, and that that type of thing. It's a lot easier to just say you like it, and a lot of people do that. But in terms of taking the, the that's the my, the micro level, I guess on the person. On the macro level, I don't think people consider what it took to have. The, to for us to explore back in the day, you know, now we, you know, I was telling somebody else, I can get in a plane, be anywhere on this planet in under 40 or 40 hours. There, there's no way you can't go in under right. 40 hours, right? Um, even even with layovers, you, you'll be there. Yep. so before we're talking about boat ride, not a boat with an engine, <laughs> not a cruise ship, <laughs> not a carnival cruise, <laughs> right? Talking about a, like, a goddamn boat with, with scurvy and, and yeah. you know. Sensitivity to the waves and your land, and whoever survived, then you got to go deal with what might be hostile tribes who not speak the same language as you, and figure out how to prosper. Even going from like whenever I fly out west, I, I always it's like a three-hour flight to Vegas or a three-hour flight to L. Four-hour flight to L.A. And I go, man, this used to be a journey that you took and you didn't expect to come back. It was you like months. Naked. Yeah, it was it? And we used to do that. We we did that because we believed there was something better. We believed in, but there was a there was a reward. There wasn't much comfort either. It wasn't like we were going, ah, you know, it's easy to 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 just sit around and, and and you know talk shit on the internet. You know, there wasn't no. You had to go like stake your claim, man. You and, didn't and even know what was there
0: was true. Right. You, you, you just couldn't knew. FaceTime your uncle like, <laughs> hey, tell me what's going on. There is a letter, maybe, that you got that's months old. They could all be dead by then,
1: right? That that's it. It, and we don't have any of that to spurn progress. And collectively, you need that spirit. You know, a few smart people will always be trying to reach, but collectively, I think we need a spirit if we want to we want to reach a new height as a, as a civilization as a group. You can train individuals all you want, but individuals will always get kicked back from the majority if their goal counteracts the, their comfort, you know. And and that's that's why I'm I never thought of it that way. I, I tend to think about the the technical difficulties of of going to any place but Earth. I took a class and when I in in, in a college were called gravitational astrophysics. And, and one of the things I, I left that class with was the idea that we weren't ever getting off this rock and we are going to live and die here. We either go extinct or, or the the sun is going to explode at the end of its life cycle in about 4 billion years. That's what I took from from that class. But, but my point is that I, I tend to think about the technical difficulty, not the motivation of leaving.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's plenty of t- technical difficulty as well. Um, it, but I, I think ultimately, um, the technical so the technical difficulty existed in crossing the sea back in the 1600s, right? But the difference was the belief was there. I don't. I don't really think if you took all the humans on Earth and you said, "Hey, do you want to go land on a red rock, uh, <laughs> never see by again, and die a death alone?" There's just not a lot of people who were signing up for that. A and B, the ones that are, not many of them would be qualified enough to do that. And so I, d- I don't think you have the the, the the potential to even push through the technological problems because the, the reward is just very small. You go down a rock alone. Yeah, you're named history, but it's, you know, it's, anyways, it, there's nothing, I don't think there's, there's much It's not the same. It's just, it just doesn't have that same cachet. That's just my take on it. Whereas, you know, if you said, hey, we're going to go find this new land, uh, and we're gonna colonize it. We're gonna get some gold or whatever we think there's spices. Um,
1: yeah, but- you know, let, let them figure out there's gold up there or some some or platinum or something. Uh, maybe not, maybe not the collective, but enough people at that point they're gonna be like, oh, you mean there's gold? Like, I, dude, I was watching this. I saw the story where they were talking about how uh, asteroids probably have a bunch of gold on it. Just makes sense. And they were like, they were like we'll figure out a land on an asteroid mm-hmm. uh, if that happens.
0: And I'll let you go land on the first asteroid, okay? <laughs> you go land on the first. I'll come second. Uh you go ahead and land on so, it. So <laughs> figure it out. Um talk to me about being red peeled. You have a speech online, I'll link to the show notes about being red peeled. Uh why is that important to you? What's the point of the, in talking about that? What does it mean?
1: Uh, you know, so so in general, right? There's the general and the specific application. I, I make sure I give both because uh it, sometimes people take things out of context, out of good and then not in good faith. You know, it's one thing to be confused because you genuinely are confused, and, and perhaps my explanation wasn't clear. It's a totally different story when you try to find contradiction in in the wording or the ideas, and and usually, and I'm I'm a smart guy, or I try to be a smart guy, and so I put a lot of thought into how I define things. So I know that if you find a contradiction in how I did it. Uh, you you typically are going to you, there's a good chance I'm going to make you look look dumb and raise raise your raise your, uh, issue with your your explanation. Anyhow, I say all I to say the the general idea of the red pill is just understanding the the true motivations and purpose of anything that you see right or anything you experience uh there's the good reason that they tell you but then there's the real reason and and our goal is kind of being red pilled is to understand the real reason now it doesn't always it's not always cloaked and sometimes the good reason is the real reason but very often at least often enough where there's a phrasing and a terminology about it very often the real reason is not the good reason and once you understand the real reason that would in most cases alter how you proceed so it's a it's an active of kind of deception that they, they, they make for the greater good be necessary I'm not I'm not saying that it's always best that everyone knows the exact truth as Red put and everything uh for example I think you know one of the things that sustains our economy and our relationships is is a general blue pilling the opposite of ripping. a general blue pilling of of uh men in relationships the problem is that you know when you are now we're getting into kind of the specifics in 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 uh in the dating world the intersexual dynamics where it was originally conceived is that uh, when you did the, the red pill there is just understanding the, the true nature of women. All right. Uh, the, and, and I say that, yes, it is it, society. It is society and our economy is kind of dependent on men being blue pill. And this actually wasn't a problem for most of culture because because we had an implicit agreement. I'll pretend. And if, I, I don't know why I read this, but they were like, I'll pretend uh, you, if you tell me there's an elephant in the room, I'll pretend to see that elephant, and I'll go along with that game as long as you don't require or ask anything of me uh, that makes me run, that makes this illusion of the elephant not my best interest to maintain, right? That, that was kind of the, the implicit agreement. That we worked out, but amongst the sexes, right? So, for example, I'll pretend that you know, I'll pretend that you're sugar and spice and everything nice. You don't go out and post selfies of yourself looking for attention on Instagram, and you don't take half my money in divorce. That's that's the deal, all right. Uh, or rather, you know, I'll, I'll pay for everything on a date. But you don't go on a bunch of dates and screw a bunch of guys. Whichever guy you you end up with, you know, that's kind of who you end up with. And that was the implicit deal, right? Now things have changed. And so the rules have to change. Where men are behind, where we got a rear pill is men are still operating on the old conditioning. They don't realize the game has changed. Go go bring flowers to a girl on a date, your first date, and see how that works out for you. That used to work because there was an implicit agreement. I'll be polite and nice to you, and you'll be nice. You know how, you know, and if it doesn't work out, you know, it doesn't work out. But you're not going to ridicule me for it. You're not going to play post about it. You're not going to go with a guy who treats you like shit. It's just going to be because I wasn't. Uh, your match not because the dope dealer who plays in a band and is unemployed and, w- and doesn't even want to be with you seriously because he's a more exciting match kind of deal so so now that the the structure has changed our thinking has to change and if it doesn't change well you, you. <laughs> uh i actually you know what's funny now that i say this I think to call these guys blue pill is a bit of a misnomer because part of being in a blue pill, we we keep the analogy to where it came from the matrix, is that you just kind of go on blissfully, right? You're not you're not unhappy. You know, part of what part of what's implied in the matrix is that knowing the truth has a burden. Okay. And you can go back to not knowing it and, and be relaxed. But now not knowing hurts your heart, and that's why you have to that's that that is exactly why it is it's imperative that guys. Kind of, kind of open their eyes. Now, what they do with that information? I was just having this this discussion with another guy. What they do with that information uh, is is up to them. Some guys decide that they're going to rally back and you know save the West. Others are like, I'm going to make a family. Others are like, forget that, enjoy the decline. I'm just you know uh, sleep with as many women as possible and hang out maybe. and be Other guys are like, I'm going my own way. I want nothing to do with this. But they all do it from a position of knowledge. It is when you make make decisions from a position of ignorance, the problem position of a blue pill. So hope that that kind of sums it up.
0: Yeah. So I I found that interesting. And, um, I I know we're up on time here, so I'll try to keep this short. Um, it's tough because you do live in a, we do live in a kind of the matrix is great with the blue pill, red pill, and you live in a world where people, um, they want to go along with the status quo because that is comfortable to them. They don't have to buck the system. Um, in the red pilling, um, is is fascinating because then you kind of step outside of that Uh, i think the problem that we're seeing with kind of the the red pill society which i'll be happy to put myself in as well um (laughs) is that to your point i don't think people really have the structure to know what to do with once a red pill and so if you take right if you take you know so if you take something you say okay well Um, and and I'll I'll say all this here, I won't let you, you don't have to respond to this specific example, but if you take um, a political person A, and you say, well, I'm red-pilled now, and so uh, I know that these people are lying to me, but this person here is kind of represents my interest. The problem that you see is that the red pill people then become blue-pilled on the red-pilled candidate or the red red pill idea, whether it's a political candidate or, to your point, how to operate. And so they they actually become blue-pilled in a red pill way because and it's almost
1: it, it's interesting politics is interesting and this is you know some something that, that i don't i don't really talk about much anymore but anybody you know can see me on record several times saying this and it's one percent true uh i don't vote i don't pay attention to politics because i understand that no matter what side it is everyone is jockeying for some agenda that is not typically in my best interest, and almost never purely motivated by the people's best interest. It's, it's, you know, you can follow lobbying and donations, and that tells you a big story. You can look at some of the absurdities put in place. A lot of it's just bending to what what is not necessarily. So see, see, I don't, my idea of a government is, is a government that kind of, you know, maintains order as opposed to and it's what it's hands out as possible i guess that that's a libertarian right mm-hmm. but what you see is a, there's a government that has its agenda right whatever its agenda is and whether that is a blue or a red agenda or whatever and then everything else is based through that agenda and then all the marketing is done through that because they recognize the people see that and go okay i'm gonna vote based on this i'm gonna vote based on that right and and what i've observed and this is one of the benefits of growing up disenfranchised and, and poor <laughs> right. through through four different administrations uh, on both sides, Republican and Democrat, you realize that, that nobody's coming to save you. Um, That's right. And and it really doesn't, like, the, the time and energy I got to spend to put it, like, I could just lie to people and be like, yeah, I voted, whatever, and then it will leave me alone. But then that turns into another discussion, right. and I'm like, I'm like, okay, now I know that if I want to avoid the discussion, because I can deal with people, you know, arguing back. I'm just like, oh, your choice, my choice, whatever, you know. Uh, I know that it's just not, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, is, am I in a position for when things go poorly, which they will. Once you, And that's the thing. Once you kind of see uh, what really makes a difference in this country. Yeah, it's, it's not the laws, um, because the laws are rather it's not who's in charge. It, it is it is the people I and mean, we even vote we even, you know vote a person in who makes a decision and things in the supreme court can be overturned and stuff like that like it's not um so so what you want to do what i will my, well, my thought process is is to make sure you're in a position to be mobile and to to ignore a lot of things if you want to like like right now you know I've got I got one level of freedom I don't have to I don't have to work so I don't have to watch what I say or think not that I have that issue but I don't want like like it's 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 knowing I won't have that issue right uh, so I don't have to worry I don't have to do that. Uh, I'm doing that I'm I I know I know at least one other language could enough to live in another place and working on my second and third simultaneously kind of. Uh, that's another thing my my fiance is is not an american citizen so when i marry her i'll be able to get out uh that's another thing so I'm, you know I, I think of these things that that's my response to it but everyone has their own response i personally like to follow data and you know i understand that i'll make a conclusion based on that data which may or may not be accurate but it's a data-driven conclusion it's not an emotional one And what I see is that this displaces now, America is always going to be America because America is a great uh, interesting anomaly really in history but uh technology has done a number because everyone is taking the easy way and and we got to make sure that we can we have a way around that around the worst that can happen
0: Okay, I'll let you go with this one here. You have a tweet from June fifth, twenty twenty one, at six forty (laughs) two a.m. Normalize good manners and etiquette, people. If you do not understand that, if you don't hear that, and you don't understand the depth of that tweet, then you need to think about it. I don't want you to respond, Ed. I want them to to go to read your stuff to follow. In today's society, it's statements like that 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 I hear and I appreciate because if you don't understand why that's important then you really are missing the boat.
1: Yeah, you need good manners. Um, I learned about your good manners to with my upbringing, man. You have bad manners. You didn't say my bad. You didn't say, excuse me. Okay. You didn't show respect. And it's interesting. People think about the hood as this crazy place, and it is a crazy place. But, but, but you know, no need to make a, a crazy place crazier. And, and one of the best ways to avoid that is, is treat people with respect. And have good manners when you talk to somebody because the, you know, what's the easiest way for somebody to be like, I want to fight this guy? I don't like how he was talking to me. You ain't got to say it like That's that. Exactly right. You're right. So,
0: I always say this if you go to, um, you know, if you've been to an emerging market, a third world country, one thing you find out pretty quickly is they don't obey traffic laws, like, traffic laws are optional. In a lot of these countries, and it, you know, as an American, <laughs> you know, where everyone stops and we go and we go, you, know, you realize just not stopping at the traffic light or running the red light. Seven seconds past like in South Africa when I've been there. You know, if you know, have <laughs> the light turned green, right. like, looking around. They're like
1: in Mexico, man. No, don't go. You go <laughs> like
0: seven seconds before everyone clear through. It, 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 it's those type of things we don't realize in the U.S. is how much they are the fabric of our, of our society and having adequate etiquette, etiquette and manners um treating people nice uh, those are just the fabrics that we have to we have to preserve if, if we're going to preserve any semblance of a society okay ed com is the website uh at ed Lattimore on twitter you're on instagram as well the same i believe
1: yep i'm ed Lattimore everywhere man I, I i got i got that name on a lot i'm not there you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> well listen thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it and enjoy the time uh listeners go check out ed's stuff he's got always good things to say uh, and with that being said, we'll talk to you. Uh, let's see, this is Friday. I guess talk to you next week.
1: Awesome, man! it will be good to hear. I'm looking forward.